You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 10, episode 39. Uh, I'm John, your host for this evening, and tonight joined by Ian from the famous Tartan Army magazine. How are you doing? I'm doing good, yeah. Pretty happy. Seen the draw, so yeah, pretty Aye. pleased so far. Yes. Um, so main focus tonight is going to be obviously on the draw. Um, quite uh, quite good timing. Monday, that's when we do the podcast. The draw came out earlier on, between kind of five and six. A wee bit different in terms of how it was done. Usually you would have the fancy glitz and glamour. All the managers would be in one place and they'd have their wee notepads and everything like that and you'd see the wee smiles and all that, but no, it was just Sky Sports and it was like the Sky Sports Centre and going back and forth and you were even missing sometimes things that were happening with a draw. So, Yeah, that's why I was uh, getting texts and things and because I was watching Sky Sports uh, news as well, then other people were getting the news quicker through the website and things and <laughs> the draw, we're told we're getting the pharaohs and things like that. So yeah, we were behind it with the way the draw went. It was quite exciting. I, I suppose to be fair, at least they did cover all the home nations. No, you always yeah. feel with Sky, it's predominantly aimed at England and talking about England and what they're going to do and not going to do. But they, they were all right. They had Luke Shine, Luke Shanley at Hamden, uh-huh. and he was talking about um, the draw for us. Yeah. Um, I think it was on BBC iPlayer, so I don't know if there was a Scottish option whereby it was maybe a bit better. But yeah, someone, yeah, someone said it was on BBC The Red Button or something, but I tried that as well and don't know, didn't get anything. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of the draw... We have, in terms of the top seed, we've probably got about the best team we could have got. I think the only team that would have been weaker than Denmark was Netherlands, I believe. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I, see, looking at that, the, the you know, the pot one got so good for a change to have avoided um, to have avoided some of these teams. I mean, the eye is just brilliant. I mean, we're not used to getting favourable draws. So no, it's been a while. Um, I suppose that's what happens when you're in the likes of pot three, pot four, mind you. Uh, but we're currently in pot three, and yeah, when you, when you look at some of the other teams we could have got, I mean Belgium, uh, for example, Wales get them. However, as as pointed out in the sky, Wales have actually got a good record against Belgium. Um, but still, it's not the type of draw you would want. We've obviously suffered against them a few times and recently. Um, oh, yeah. So you just don't want the likes of them, France. Again, you just wouldn't want the likes of that or Spain or Italy. Um, so I think if you were to have a choice at the moment, it would have probably been um, Denmark or possibly Netherlands or maybe even, even Germany because Germany had a wee bit of a team in transition just now, I think. A lot of the old guard have stopped playing. Um, so, yeah, yeah. No, but you always think of Den- uh, Germany in any tournament. They all seem to come good, don't they? And uh, really powerful nations. So, yeah, looking at these tops, you know, that pot, so glad we missed Belgium, so glad we missed France, Spain, Italy. Oh, you know, I think we've got the best, the best out of the bunch, really. Yeah. Um, you know, no one that's out of our reach. I mean, I guess, you know, like Belgium, they were given us, they turned us over twice, and I don't think they do that now yeah. to the same extent. But, you know, they'd, I see them as a different level from us altogether, where, you know, Denmark, I don't, although yeah. obviously Denmark are a strong team. Yeah, they are. Um, again, though, we maybe 
the likes of Denmark, you've got obviously the main one is people know will be Christian Eriksen, but he's not been playing particularly for Inter Milan. There's talk of him moving back to maybe the Premier League. I even heard he was linked with Arsenal, which would seem a weird one, seeing as he played for Spurs, but you never know. Casper um, yeah. Michael in goal, which everyone knows, strong yeah. keeper. But I don't think, apart from Eriksen, I don't think maybe there's a lot of maybe creativity and skill. It's maybe your typical Scandinavian team, um, physical, hard-working. They will be difficult to beat, but yeah, you'd fancy we'll have a chance. We've actually got an all-right record against Denmark. Yeah. Um, when I was looking at it, much as we've not played them for a while in terms of a competitive match. Um, yeah. 86, Mexico. 86, yeah. Um, which was it? I'm trying to think. Yeah, we lost 1 0, didn't we? I think we lost that, didn't we? And then we had the. Uh, but I think we've had a couple of friendlies against them. Well, bizarrely enough, we've actually had, since then, we've had one, two, three, four, six friendlies um, <laughs> against them. And unbelievably, because friendlies, you know, it's like with Scotland, dreadful usually at friendlies. Um, some of the friendlies I've seen at Hamden in various places. You just think, no, there was no point going to them. But we've actually beat them a couple of times in friendlies. However, the most recent game we played was in 2016. So it's been a while since we played them. Yeah. In any, in any but, kind of way. But I'll take um, great, well, optimism from you saying that we beat them a few times in friendlies. You said yeah. a couple of times. I'll, I'll change that to a few times because we've got to be optimistic and looking at this, saying that we can take them. So, yeah, I'll go with that the information. That's good news. Aye, definitely, because when, when we were messaging each other earlier about the draw and we were kind of going back and forth and you were like, well, we'll move on to our team, but you mentioned about some team and hopefully we'll, we'll pump them this time. Uh, yeah. but that's a, a different case. So the second pot, again, you're thinking, right, who could we get? Maybe again, might be favourable, possibly with Austria. However, with Austria, maybe a bit of an up-and-coming up team at the moment, I would say. A lot of the players play in the Bundesliga. You've got the likes of David Alaba at Bayern Munich, which most people will know, but you've also got the likes of Sabitzer at Leipzig, who the midfielder. You've got Lazaro, you've got Baumgart in there. Um, so there's quite a few there. And then there's the kind of charismatic Arnautovic that played with you know, West Ham, the the big guy with the tattoos. Yeah. So they're quite strong. I mean, I was looking at their results and the qualifiers, eh? They'll be about us with Israel. I was looking at the results. 4-2. Israel beat Austria 4-2. And then Austria beat Israel 3-1. That's, so, that's interesting. So they could be a bit like us with Israel. <laughs> so, so if that is the case, you know, they're quite interesting results. That if they're all in the... the well, all can beat each other. Yes. Know. Um, well, it's definitely preferable. I, I don't think you could have had the likes of Switzerland, Poland, Wales. Um, so I think, again, it's it's reasonably good. And yeah. then the That'd last time, Great. I think we had them in a qualifying group. We qualified for World Cup. 98. 98. Uh, remember, the, the Kevin Gallagher scored a double. Uh, the Norway game, it was, yeah, hold on, what? 98. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was in... Who was it again? I'm trying to remember. Bordeaux. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, no. Austria. We played Austria in the World Cup qualifiers. Qualifiers.
qualifiers, yeah. Um, so we drew 0-0 over there, and then we, we beat them at Hamden um, 2-0. Remember Kevin Gallagher got a double? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's a good omen, the fact that the last time we played them in a qualifying section, we actually got to a tournament. Well, we'll take that one as well. Then. <laughs> we we, we like to take everything we can get, don't we? But both these teams are qualified for the Euros, so it'll be interesting to see even... I suppose if I've got these three games, whoever, whatever way the games come out, and uh, you know the build up to the Euros with these qualifying games, you know, Denmark and Austria have got exactly like ourselves. They've got a lot to play for to get the players all heading towards the Euros as well. You know, like obviously we want to qualify and do as well in the sections, but looking towards the Euros and getting the team playing well together, you know, Denmark, Austria, and Scotland, you know, we're all there. We're all looking towards June as well, as uh, as the games have got coming up. I suppose as well, potentially, you could say that they won't fancy having us in pot three. There's probably easier, easier teams that they could have had. I would say definitely. You know, looking at it that way, de- you know, anyone who gets Scotland in pot three now, I would say they'll be going, oh, no, that's a shame. <laughs> you know, there's a few uh, teams that could have been a bit easier than us. That I think the way Scotland are playing, definitely they'll be one. The people will be saying, "No, Denmark or Austria will be saying, I wish we hadn't got Scotland because they've, well, hopefully now, I know we've had two 1 0 defeats just at the end of the, you know, that wee group of games there, but, you know, we've turned it around. I don't think with the, the whipping boys of this group, which we could have been a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I think they'll be looking at us as strong opposition. Yeah, interesting start. I read about Austria earlier. They are the team we have faced the most outside of um, the other home nations teams. Is that right? Yeah. You don't know what the percentages of victories and losses are. <laughs> well, that's where it's not so good. Um, no. So win percentage. Right, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> win percentage in all matches is thirty percent. But when we go back to Denmark, the Denmark's win plus the win percentage. Um, let me just double check again. It was pretty high. I think it was in the sixties, maybe, maybe even seventies. Sixty-two point five percent. That's in all matches, but competitive matches, we've never lost them at home. Uh, we've played them three times, and then we have played them away. We have won two, lost two. So that's good. Yeah, I suppose uh, you know what makes us all the more kind of interesting as well is that these games are coming up. We don't know who we're going to be playing in the, the triple header games, but will the fans be back in at that point? You know, will we have the advantage of playing at home with the Tartan Army there? Aye. What was, I was... That, that could, you know, that could sway a lot in this tournament. For these Whoever gets the home games to start off with and don't have the fans there, it could be later on in the year the fans will be there and then the people playing at home do get the advantage of that. Um, yeah. So that could that could come into it a lot. I think from what I've seen earlier, the match day one to three is in March of next year. So obviously the vaccine's out now. It started getting rolled out. I think it was today. It got rolled. Starting getting rolled out. So maybe might get something in March. I don't know whether it would be a full capacity would be allowed yet because um, I don't think the vaccine will be delivered to everyone by then or given out. So. But you'd like to hope maybe, I don't know, could you get a third fill maybe or even something, uh, potentially? 
you know, it would be great. I mean, we've not really had much in Scotland, moving on to that subject a wee bit there, that, um, you know, about getting crowds in. It's kind of a bit frustrating at the moment for football fans. Um, you know, yeah. that we're not a bit further on, like you we're watching. I know we've had some experiments here, but, you know, you're watching in England, they're starting to get people in. And it would definitely be good to get people back in the stadiums and reconnecting with the football. Absolutely. You've seen a big difference in England at the weekend when there were even just 2,000 fans, but the connection between the fans and the players and the manager, appreciating the fans being there, uh, much as there was the unsavoury scenes at uh, the Millwall Derby by the foot oh, yeah. brewing for the, the Nathan, um, which was daft. But aye, I think, again, Ross County had fans at the weekend for the game against Rangers. Um, it's mostly the Highland up the, up the north. Yeah. Teams not getting fans in, so... Aye, fingers crossed. Um, but the uh, other one, I can only imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like at these games. You know, building it like next year is going to be so exciting. You know, we've got these World Cup qualifying games. We've got a team that's playing, you know, as good as I can remember for for some time. And then we've got these big games, and and you can only imagine Denmark or Austria or Israel who are going to come on to turn up a hand and the the noise in that stadium. You know, that could be a huge advantage for us. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, especially because we've got the Euros to look forward to, you know, that building momentum and, you know, the whole country getting behind it. We saw it just after when we when we qualified, the lift that already gave the nation, you know, everyone's singing away. You've got to think as well, demand will be back to maybe a chance of kind of selling out, especially folk who want to see them in the the way to the Euros and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, because, I mean, it's kind of soul-destroying at times at Hamden. When you you go to a lot of Hamden, and there's say thirty thousand there on a cold, wet night, and we're not playing good football. Yep. And, you know the the type of stadium it is. You're quite far away from the pitch, set parts of the ground. You know it, it's not always the greatest fan experience. But on the other hand, you know we missed out on a full house we could have had against Israel uh, because yeah. that game was cancelled, and that that game itself caught the imagination of the nation because the imagination of the nation. That's how. That's, that's like I like that. <laughs> imagination of the nation. So. You know, that caught everyone's imagination and the stadium was a sellout. So it's so good to see what potentially can happen when we do good. Um, I like Steve Clark's comments earlier on after the draw saying, you know, the fans should be optimistic and they should get carried away because that's what being a fan is. Uh, well, he'll keep his feet on the ground and get the players prepared. You know, that we should all dream about qualifying and winning. Yep. But maybe not to the extent that we did in 1978 with Ali McLeod saying we're going to win it. <laughs> <laughs> but even to qualify would be good it's probably a bit of clever psychology as well from Clark because like he'll be saying that in the media um, about just the fans being excited and dreaming but he will be saying to the players look you've got another big opportunity to to make your own piece of history and in terms of not qualifying for a World Cup for 22 years it'll be 24 years by then um, let's hope we're there we're at the party and off the back I got Euros as well you know as Euro, yeah. I mean, we're going to win the Euros so I mean yeah yeah, Euros then the World Cup. It's yeah, be good. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's good even to be speaking in that in that way. You know, it's it's such a lift qualifying for the Euros. I know we're getting kind of through the back door and penalty shootouts, but 10, 10 out of ten penalties, I'll take that any day. And the fact that we're going, it really is. It's fantastic. Um, and this, these World Cup games coming up are are exciting. I'm not quite sure when we find out when we're playing. What matches? I'm not sure when the fixtures take the two countries get together. Ah, uh, sure. yeah. maybe it'd be a Zoom call like what we are doing in terms of yeah. getting together on Zoom <laughs> and, and trying to sort things out. 
yeah. you always get it what by Denmark are getting priority because they're the top seed. I think that's how it works, and then yeah. so forth. So I don't know. Will they want maybe will they want to get their their tough fixtures out the way early, the away ties, or will they want to get off to a good start? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking for us it'd be good to go off to you know, yeah, a couple of easier easier games. I'd like first get some points on the board would be good yeah. a couple of home ties um, when it goes to that so if we say we got lucky in terms of pot one and pot two pot four we got a team that we need no introduction to Israel again so we played them five times over the last two years with mixed results obviously there was the the fantastic result that you mentioned whereby we qualified for the, the Euros and stuff like that or not or sorry qualified for the playoff final but there has been other kind of mixed results against him as well. Yeah, it just shows you that we are pretty much on the same level as them, really. Uh, games can go anyway. Um, you know, we had the benefit of the penalty shootout, obviously. I'd hoped we would have done a bit better in the, the last game we played against them. That was a bit unfortunate to lose that. Um, but they played well. We, you know, if you'd asked anyone I'm sure to take the game that we qualified out of the three games but it would have been good to finish on a bit higher note but we had a good run and it's just as Clark says starting it all again and starting that good run and winning mentality um, but we were beaten the last two games by one goal you know it wasn't like well giving goals away so so Israel well hopefully we know them well enough now hopefully we can get this out against them as well but again it's kind of close Pretty much level with Scotland, I'd say. Yeah, and then knowing you're saying as well that they've had good results or mixed results against Austria, so maybe it could end up being a group whereby yeah. there'll be a few teams fancying maybe. I know. I mean, if you go by the ratings, you know, if you go by the ratings, I think Denmark is exactly. I was looking at like twelve, twelfth. Austria's twenty-sixth. We have forty-fourth, and Israel's eighty-four. So you would have thought Israel would have been, but it's shown that we are. Of the virtually same level as Israel, yeah. Unless should step up a bit, so I'd say that you know Denmark obviously been the, the favourites in the group, but there's not that much in it. I, you know, as I said earlier, we're getting a big boost that we're not got a Belgian or someone in the team in this group. Yeah, you know that's a huge boost. And I'd always like to think we could we should be able to beat Denmark and Austria. You know, certainly at home, I think it's trying to get handed to be a fortress again. Whereby yeah. we, we won all our home games. If you win all your home games, you, you've got a pretty good chance of qualifying. Yeah. And, the, you know, it took a wee while to, to build up the momentum. Just, you know, looking at the scores there before, Belgium beat us and then we lost to Russia, lost to Belgium, lost to Russia. You know, it was some, you know, it was hard results we had when Clark took over uh, and to build that momentum. But he certainly came on to a big, a big run of, you know, the team expecting to, to get a result. Um, and although there's not been any high-scoring goals, which is obviously a concern, we are becoming a solid team and a hard team to beat. And if we can nick a win against anyone, you know, maybe if we get a league Griffiths fit as well <coughs> um, to add to the attack up front and give us a bit, a few more options as well, that'd be good. Yeah, I mean, I think by March there'll be, there'll be players championing a bit to to impress what they can get in that squad because that's going to be one of your last chances within the national setup um, to maybe stake your claim for a, a place in the, the squad for the Euros. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, 
well, I'm picking on Lee Griffith, Lee Griffith here, but hopefully he can put the tea cakes away and start getting fit. <laughs> the tea cakes, yeah. <laughs> I look towards the finals as a, you know, a real Sunday aim for, definitely. Can, yeah. Can the, can the Celtic team get regular games and get back to doing what he does best? I mean, we just need to look at these two uh, free kicks against England to see what he can do if yep. and add to the team. So that'd be nice. Aye, the other one that's interesting, not from a, a striking point of view, but in the midfield, the young Billy Gilmer, he's back fit now at Chelsea, and ah, that's one of the weekend, I think, and he is... Did he play? He played the last like, few minutes, I think. Good, he's been told he's good. playing in the Champions League tie against Krasnodar. Ah, that's good. Plays, plays Tuesday, I think. I think Chelsea right. wanted to qualify, so, yeah, if he can get in, in about the squad as well, it's another good option to have. Maybe something a wee bit different to what we've got in midfield as well. So he, he's one of the ones you feel could maybe make his way into the squad. Oh, definitely. I mean, just watching him that, well, I think it was his debut, was it? He was outstanding, um, you know, and he really made a big impact for someone at such a young age uh, to show such maturity and, you know, presence on the ball and vision and everything else. Yeah, he could be absolutely fantastic addition. So, yeah, I hope we get some game time with Chelsea. It'll be great. Definitely, um, and then the fifth, the fifth pot, uh, another team that were, were pretty familiar with. We've not played them for a while, actually. Um, there was a spell yeah. whereby we got them in three Euro qualifying campaigns in a row, uh, the Faroe Islands. So yeah. we should have no problems against them. The only time we ever had problems was when Bertie Volks was in charge. But ten uh, minutes away from a, a drastic defeat. Yeah. Were you at that at all? Did you make it to Pharaohs or? No, no, I've never, I've never been to the Pharaohs. Um, but this could be it. Get my wheelie jumper on and get up there. Get up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. No, I know. I would bet it was. That was a close one. I remember that was two each, and um, yeah, that was. That would have been one of the worst ever results. Oh, so, definitely. But you know that. Again, go back to just what we bit heard on the radio where Clark speaking earlier. He was talking about yeah, people. I don't think I've mentioned that you know, like the fans should live with a bit of optimism, hope, and dream, and all the rest of it. Um, and then he kind of made a joke about you know that saying these games are going to be tough, and then joked about the Pharaohs from Moldova, sort of saying, you know, in Scotland probably in our style, we'll have to really check ourselves with them as well because they're the slip up ones. So, as I say, no easy games in football, but we should. Hopefully, get past that one. Yeah, you would hope so. The one, the game that stands out for me against them, I remember, was being played at Parkhead and won six nil. Uh, I missed the first goal that Darren Fletcher scored because I think uh, I wasn't quite sure the time it would take to get there. I've not been used to going to Parkhead for games, or yeah. if I had, I would usually walk at the site to get the train, and that that journey to Parkhead is a nightmare. It's a fair, it's a fair distance. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good result. That was a great day. Then. Um, Kenny Miller scored a penalty. So Kenny Miller took the penalty that he was desperate for a goal. Was it Kenny Miller? I'm sure it was. And then it just went in. <laughs> One of the the memory is maybe better there than right. He did score a penalty, yes. Um, Chris Boyd scored a penalty as well. Actually, we had two penalties within about five or six minutes. Yeah, I think it was Kenny Miller that was kind of desperate to get a goal and get you know on the score sheet and all that and took the penalty and it sort of went in just. But yeah, it was a good day. Aye, that was a good campaign. That's still probably my favourite campaign of all. Um, I remember going to Ukraine as well, and that, that was a, a crazy experience. But yeah, good campaign and just uh, 
the heart against Italy in the last game. Oh, that was absolutely sickening. Yeah, referee, is that corruption? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I think they always <laughs> say that they're in the big the Mafia had a hand in that one. Yeah, that was absolutely <laughs> sickening because we played so well. Um, but yeah, you know, you're saying six goals there. You know, if you can get back to so free scoring up front with a solid defence and a really strong midfield. You know, that'd be fantastic if we could go. I mean, you see, we go off to start with some high scoring goals because that is what we're lacking. We are lacking yeah. the goals. We're, we're getting, you know, solid performances, but we're not getting free flowing goals, which I suppose is hard in any game, really. But Aye, but that's been signed. We're creating more chances now, which is one thing. Um, so at first, I think yeah. it was hard to beat. We weren't maybe creating much, but now the last few games, I think the chances we created, it's, it's just a case of. Building in confidence, maybe if we get a wee result where it's maybe two, three nil, we can we can build yeah. on that and believe in ourselves a bit more in front of goal. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's um, yeah, nothing to fear with this campaign. And the last team up um, is Moldova, which we've only faced in one campaign. It was the two thousand and six qualifiers. Um, so we actually drew with them in Moldova and then beat them 2-0 I'm trying to remember was that the game I remember McFadden scored was that the one McFadden ran from the halfway line and scored is that uh, Hamden the 2-0 you had a great I'm trying to remember myself you had a brilliant goal I think that goal. was that um, game yeah um, so yeah that, that's all we played them so there's not much to kind of base, us, base it on they are the lowest seeds in the group you would hope it should be comfortable six points out of six um, but as you say Steve Clark they can be potential banana skins and our record maybe in the, the Baltic states is, is a bit hit and miss we, we've had yeah. a few frustrating results over there yeah definitely and well going by the ratings we should we should be there surely aye if you can't get 12 points against Pharaohs and Moldova then there's something on that's, yeah. that's your that's your, your base get that 12 points and then I don't know you may be looking at another and saying that we could I'm just looking at the top 6 we could have had Gibraltar that would have been a better one yeah uh, San Marino there's another famous one um, Malta yeah maybe that pot could have been a bit nicer to her if we've been if we've been really picky and they, are, they are always awkward places to go but overall we are pleased with the group. Um, content. The, the only one, probably, as I say, we say as Israel was the, the frustrating one. Um, I say so, but even just again looking at the group: Denmark, Austria, Scotland, and Israel. I mean, it's there for any any one of us to take that group. You know, I wouldn't say there's any outstanding, you know, runaway leaders for that group. So, going by the amount, amount of bad luck we've had in the past. The draws get made, and I know it gets harder the lower down you get in the ratings and the pot you're in and everything else. But it seemed for a while that we were just getting group after group with no chance. Yeah, and then and it didn't help when our neighbours seemed to be getting the easy draws, easy uh, ones all the times. And you're thinking, when's this going to end? So I think you know, I feel the tide is turning. You need a bit of luck in football as well, and you know, I think that was not a bad draw today. Yeah, quite pleased. And the the next step, the next. And his goal for us, apart from qualifying for the, the World Cup, is to try and get into the maybe pot two. If we get yeah. into pot two, you've got that just 
kind of better chance and feel a bit more confident. Um, so we're looking at maybe, maybe we think we could potentially win the group. If we don't, and we finish runners up, and we tried to explain this before and made a right hash of it, then might still not cover it as well as maybe Chris in the past would have done. But you get your 10 runners up, and there are two teams, I think, from the Nations League. 12 yeah. teams are then split into three playoff paths, and then you get your three winners qualify yeah. as well. So, yeah. But if you think, see, if you look at that though, as well, I was kind of looking that up as well because I remember the last day we were going, uh, how do we, what happens again? <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing. But a total of 55 European countries, we've whittled down to 13 who go to the final, World Cup finals. I mean, that is, you know, 13 is getting harder, isn't it? The World Cup. Uh, you, the, they're making the Euro Championships almost like easier. I thought they were going to change the rules that everybody could go just so Scotland could actually end up qualifying. <laughs> that's, that's the way it was going, qualifiers and, you know, playoff spots and all the rest of it. But that is quite a hard achievement for, well, we can do it, definitely. 55 down to 13. Oh, to yeah. Um, and it's only the great winner... It's almost one out of four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only the well, there's a ten qualifiers in group five of the six teams and five only group winners are guaranteed to progress, but three further spots are up for grabs. Yeah, I guess there's, there's some groups which are five teams, so the, the teams that have got the groups yeah. that have got five teams are the ones with Belgium, France, Spain, and Italy, and that's because of what they did in the Nations League campaign. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why they play less games because they've got that to deal with in terms of who wins the the Nations League. Um, so yeah. to speak. And then the ten runners up joined the two best nations league winners. So that was where we lost out. Yeah. Um, with that, with the Czech Republic, who've not finished the top of the World Cup group. Yeah. And then twelve teams are drawn into three playoff class playoff paths to determine the final three sides. Aye. And um, to be fair, if we don't, uh, yeah, I will see what happens. But, but we, need, we need to just kind of try and win the group. That's it. Yeah. That's what the aim is. Win the group. Um, well, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Can you, ma- can you imagine that? Now, now we're starting to get carried away again. <laughs> can you imagine? I remember how uh, on a high we just when we qualified against Serbia, um, thinking, oh, this is, everything's great, and then we lost the next two games. <laughs> yeah, so a bit yep. back to reality again. Yes. Um, but, you know, can you imagine how good it's going to be to qualify for the World Cup again? It you would know? be phenomenal. Yeah. Especially as well, I'd like to see my boy seen us at World Cup and different things like that. Um, I don't know about logistics in terms of going to Qatar for it, mind you, if we qualify, but you'd be you'd be trying to get there somehow by hook or by crook. Um, I know. Very exactly. distance away, but um, when is it? it's November, isn't it? November the twenty first it starts. Yeah. Final finals on the eighteenth of December. Anything so. to get away from Christmas shopping, eh? Yeah, I know that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> Start saving up now. Start saving up now because that'll be good. Nice and, nice and It'll be actually quite interesting to see how it goes um, over there. So it would be nice to be part of it all. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that covers kind of Scotland. We're pretty optimistic. We just want to be champion a bit. We want the games now, don't we, Dilly? As opposed to having yeah. to wait till March. So there'll be this August yeah. March. Then we'll play Moldova opening game in Moldova draw, and it'll be like, oh, that's us, we're not going to qualify. No, that's, that's old Scotland. That's the old one. That's yep. the one for the last 22 years. This is yeah. a new one now. That's a new like yeah. Scotland 2.0. <laughs> we're going to do it. Now, this is, it's got a really exciting year. I mean, 
Well, you know, I think the fact that we've qualified the news, I said that earlier, that is going to give us all a lift. And he's, and the interest in these qualifying games, the World Cup before that, is for a double meaning to get us to the World Cup, hopefully, but also to prepare us, um, you know, and hopefully the players will be fighting for the place for the, to play in the Euros yep. and to play down at Wembley to get an historic win against the old enemy would be very nice. Um, but also, some good trips in there for the Tartan Army as well and the, the qualifiers, you know, going to Denmark. Expensive place, right enough for the booze, but Austria as well is a nice place. Have you so have you been to some of these four um, games before for Scotland games? No, I, I've got to pick and choose the games that I go to. Um, I've been further over to the Ukraine and Lithuania and places like that. Uh, Georgia, I went over to Georgia, that yeah. was the, the, probably the furthest I've been. Um, so they're yeah, they're good, yeah, exciting places. I don't think I've ever been to Austria. I'd love to go, so this could be the opportunity to to see a nice country and sample the beers, which are nice. Oh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd quite fancy myself. We'll a, pod- a podcast trip to Austria. There we go. Yeah, Israel. Um, I've been in Israel before, years and years ago. I lived been? in a kibbutz in Israel. I lived out there for about a year. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. And then I went back over when um, I went back to Israel to see Celtic play one time and go back to this kibbutz I lived on. I don't even know what a kibbutz is. It's where the people in the backpack live. Right. And yeah, and I always remember that. And um, even at that time, Israel were a good football team because Scotland played them just after I left in the early 80s. And I think it was only 1-0 or something like that. Or 0-0, you know, I don't think... I don't think there's any time that we've actually played Israel and hammered them or anything like that. So... I know I know. I think the other team that we have generally kind of struggled against because... When you would have seen them, they wouldn't have been in the. the they were in Euro, the European qualifiers? No. I don't know. I remember Douglas scored against them, and you know, the, I think the games were all quite close. Um, Aye. The best result we've had against them was 3 1 in 1981. Uh, yeah. But you know, generally it's been quite close. Uh, and compared to the fixtures, we have. One, three, drawn two, lost two, so it's quite a mixed bag. Yeah, but I mean, as, as uh, like going on actual trips and all that. Yeah, Moldova would be a nice place. I'd love to go there. Um, you know, that'd be a really good one. Ah, uh, it's one of those ones you probably wouldn't go to unless it was for the football. But then you find out exactly. it's a lovely place and yeah. and the like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why I found it with Georgia, who's just a bit further over to the east. Um, I would never have gone there uh, before. Well, I would, don't think yeah. I'll learn, but I'd definitely go back there for a holiday too easily. Yeah, and um, Ukraine, well, that was a different experience because there's a lot of people getting attacked out there, but we still had a, a really good time. Uh, the football hooligans yeah. really were ambushing the Scotland fans. Yeah, I remember the march of Independence Square. I think I've told this story before about um, going to march, we've been having a drink all day, and everyone's going. A couple of us went to go t- to use the facilities somewhere, came out, couldn't find the crowd, and then almost ended up in a bit of trouble with a. The, the ultras so yeah that was yeah. an experience but Independence Square was brilliant I remember the the day of the game and everything like that the only thing I, I did find slightly disappointing I, I didn't really enjoy the food there that was one thing um, but yeah. that was the only, the only setback uh, yeah the beer was good it was quite good you could drink these big bottles of beer standing yeah. in the street the street corners from kiosks and things it was quite good um, but yeah there was a bit yeah, we missed all the trouble as well. We were in having something to eat and came out and found out there'd been an ambush or something in the square. And then Aye. 
it was a bit dodgy actually going into the actual grounds, you know, just outside it. All these folk appeared from nowhere and, you know, thinking, how are we going to make it 100 yards to get to the stadium? How are we going to do it? Aye. Because at the time um, as well, it was the old Olympic Stadium. It was that's right, yeah. pretty run down because they were building the new one at the time, I remember, as well. Yeah, and the fans yeah. weren't properly segregated or anything like a half time. Well, they were segregated, but then you went to the toilet at half time, you're all mixing, you're all mixing in the same bit and everything. So, yeah, it wasn't the, the people were general friendly, but you know, there was that bit there that was uh, the football fans wasn't they weren't the most welcoming, put it that way. Yeah, I think they got us mixed up with English football hooligans. I forgot they didn't know that we were like friendly fans. Aye, possibly because I remember in contrast going to Germany um, and having again a great time. It was back in Dortmund. Oh, yeah. And you, you would yeah. talk to the locals and they would say, Oh, when England are here, it's absolute carnage. They have like, they put on more trains to try and get rid of them as soon as possible. Whereas when we were there, it was just a normal service and everyone was mixing, happy, quite the thin, great time. I remember you at the in Dortmund, you were, you get your crates of beer from the shop. And yeah. the first night being there, and you're wondering, Why are these guys coming and taking the crates away? That's really nice of them taking the crates away. They were going back to the, I think, the wee off licenses and getting like a five five euros per crate yeah. for taking it back for recycling yeah. uh, they must have made a fortune then they must have done all right <laughs> was that when it was really bad rain on the day of the game yes uh, it was bucketing down yeah it was uh, terrible everybody was still still outside drinking the, the bottles as you see in the fountains and things yeah uh, uh, and it was like I, I managed to I was in the German half for the first half and then managed to get over to the Scotland half Scotland then for the second half so good. How did you manage that? Did you get <laughs> we just walked around the stadium? Outside oh, the stadium around the track. Around the track. No, eh, not the not the track, just around the actual stadium itself. And, oh, like, aye, inside, um which we couldn't believe you you were able, you were able to. But yeah. I we managed to. That's so, pretty good. Yeah, it was a good sing song of that, a good good Scotland support at that game. But, um yeah. Yeah, exciting games coming up, exciting trips, exciting games. And uh, obviously the Euros, Wembley and, ha- and Hamden. So yep. let's hope that COVID is gone mid. Let's yeah. hope this vaccine is out and we're all heading back towards normality and that can actually go to the games. Is that, well, it's called COVID-19, so it can't stick around for 2020, can it? Otherwise, you nah. need to call it COVID-1920. No, nah, it's retro. It's heading in the past, so <laughs> let's leave it there. Um, so that covers kind of Scotland excitement and I oh, need to thank you for getting us a, a point in the predictions game the lower leagues oh yeah Stars Stars Albion came good didn't they so that at that point that got us back I think to 3 all. but Ali Graham is now winning 4-3 because he predicted a correct result at the weekend and a correct score so he is 4-3 up so we need to get the get it back to four all. So we've got Chris representing the podcast this week. Um, the games have been picked already. I spoke to him earlier. So we are both in Aloha play each other, which is at ninth and tenth. He has gone for Aloha to beat Arbroath one 0 We've yeah. got Dumbarton who faced Cove Rangers. Um, he's going with a Cove Rangers two one win. And last up, Stenhouse made against Stranraer, which is fifth and sixth in the league. So they're all pretty kind of difficult games. Uh, hard to predict. He's going with a, a one-all draw there, so we shall we shall see what happens. Let's yeah. hope we can get it back to four-all. Yeah, definitely. For that. Um, no, no bad predictions. 
What's that? Either yeah. right, eh? Not bad. We'll see what see enough. In terms of the weekend action, not going to kind of cover on it too much. We've talked about Scotland tonight. What can we change? The only thing, really, Rangers, pretty routine win, I would say. I don't think there's much to say. They weren't really troubled at any point. Just again, Tavernier just is playing like a winger. His record is phenomenal in open play, set pieces, whatever. Um, so, yeah, routine win. I don't think you can really say much more about Rangers' performance. They are. Uh, you know, no matter what's happening with Celtic this season, even if Celtic were playing, you know, like they were last year, Rangers are the team in, you know, they're really in the team in form. You know, yeah. they're not, and they're proven it in Europe as well. And they're proven it in every game that, that, you know, even when they go behind in Europe, they're coming back and winning. And they're doing it every week. And I don't know. But the point is, they've got to keep it going to the end of the season. Because remember, after the break last year, that's where they kind of collapsed out the cup and they blew the league. But the problem is, they don't have the pressure of Celtic breathing down their necks, playing well. So that's where the difference is coming in. So if they do go through a, a bit of a lapse, they might have a bit of a... They've, built, they've created a bit of a gap. Yeah. And Celtic don't look like the team to be closing at them at the moment. Aye, the other thing as well is they probably well, they won't get to go to Dubai because that's been... They've gone to Dubai the last couple of seasons and that's kind of... They've come back a, a totally different team. So yeah. they've been boosted by the fact as well they've qualified to the last 32 in the Europa League by game to spare. I think they need a point to win the group, I think, against like Poznan. Right. I think. Um, but yeah, they, they're through, which is a lot more can be obviously. No, actually, they don't. They need to win, actually, because Benfica are on 11 points as well. So, But they're through. That's the main thing. It's just if they top the group, obviously, they would maybe get a, a more favourable draw in the last 32. Celtic in Europe, they were out of it. Made a good start. Um, just, I didn't, I didn't think they were at their worst in, in Milan there, but they're always up against it, really. And just their nerves don't seem to be holding together this season, which yeah. is, for me anyway, a great shame. Uh, I thought they did a bit better there, but then again, then they came back to domestic football and just, you know, didn't have a good game at the weekend at all. No, I think the interesting thing about Europe was Frimpon playing as a, a winger as opposed to uh-huh. a fullback and a wingback maybe a better position for him because defensively he's not that great he's quite slight as well so it's yeah, maybe something that uh, could he's be still a young, Yeah, he's still a young player as well and there's probably yeah. a lot of put onto his head at the moment to, you know, he's he's performing well but as you say, is he the strongest defender there? Um, probably not really but he's He's getting a lot of experience. Exactly. Yeah. He probably it's one of those I think last year he wasn't expected to break into the team and then he, he exceeded expectations. Fans' expectations have increased, but as you rightly say, he is a young lad and he'll go through phases whereby the consistency is not quite there. So Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. At the moment as it stands, uh Neil Lennon doesn't seem to be going anywhere, so Were you surprised by that last week? I was actually. I thought after that result of the weekend, I thought, especially when they went one 0 down, and you know they managed to get a draw, but I did think that was kind of the end. Um, in his first time as a manager, there was, there was a game that they were three 0 down against Kamarnock, 
And I remember that result coming through and I'm thinking, that's him gone. But they came back and won three each and then they sort of went on and did well. But I can't, I don't know, it, it, something's wrong there at the moment. And, you know, what they're doing above them, are they, you know, are they getting something else in place? I don't know, but, you know, by sacking him is not just the, the solution. But it does make you wonder, you know, have they got a plan B in place or anything like that? I'm not so sure. Yeah, I think that was the potential talk about why maybe he's not gone is because they don't have a plan B. They don't have someone that maybe yeah. they think can come in and, and stop the the rut and get back on track and maybe try and to win the league. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're still, I mean, obviously, I mean, look at the squad. They've got a good, a, not a strong squad there. So it's not, you know, they could go back into a bit of form, but I just think Rangers are not slipping up. There's just no slip up there at all, um, which is piling the pressure on. Yeah, and, I, and there's just no signs of Celtic recovery as well. They maybe, nah. I mean, they, they created maybe an okay amount of chances against St. Johnson, but still, the likes of Edward just looks out of sorts. He, he just doesn't look the same player, but it seems to filter through the whole team. Doesn't, doesn't. You're looking at it and you're thinking, no one's really stepping up and and taking taking lead, leader, taking lead. Um, coming from defence, but for, Forster's been a big, massive loss. Um, you know, and you think of the games. Well, that League Cup final against Rangers it was, you know, like a wall that day. And the saves he's made, you know, maybe people over the cracks a bit with the defence a bit. They've been totally exposed this year. Um, and obviously, Craig Gordon going away as well has left us. You know, left Celtic. Not not strong at the back anyway. Oh, uh, but credit to St Johnson that's them um, 11 games unbeaten um, so yeah doing well doing well under Davidson uh, forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about Scotland should mention the women's national team as well um, unfortunately they ended up losing against Finland I don't know if you caught the game but I, I kind of watched it I think it was just right at the very end yeah loads of chances Scotland created just maybe decision making in the final third wasn't quite there and then later on in the game I think maybe just about the last kick of the ball, they got in the park, and it was the most crazy goal ever. Um, substitute came on, went through and goal. The keeper saved it, and it deflected off the Finland player's face and went in the net. <laughs> so, oh god! So uh, actually, they are actually following in the men's team example of past of thrown games, <laughs> no. getting unlucky losses. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great shame, especially after they qualified before. And women, they have been progressing all the time. Um, Shelley Kerr's been, I think, been great. So it's a, yeah. a shame that we've not got these results in these last couple of games when we, we needed them. Uh, I mean, there's, there has been some talk about whether, I remember after the World Cup, supposedly there was a big argument after the game, and supposedly players upset and crying and different things like that. They wonder whether there's still maybe issues in the camp I don't know um, that's the media saying that but you just don't know you the situation the, uh, yeah you just don't know do you um, it don't probably didn't help well you don't know if it helped or didn't help uh, Shelly Kerr was you know the COVID yeah. restrictions wasn't able to be trackside and things like that if that affected it at all you don't really know but it was just <clears throat> it's really disappointing because Scotland could definitely you know, that, the, they're really performing at a, a better level than they've ever been in the past you know they've have taken huge strides um, and it was great I mean I was at that game when they had 18,000 at hand and I thought that's fantastic for women's football 
Yeah, you, know, you just you just want them to be successful and to keep growing as well. Exactly. Yeah, it's good for the game and getting more women involved in football, girls playing football and having role models to look up to. If they if they could have got through this um, qualifying campaign, that would have been three tournaments in the bounds, which not even meant yeah. to be done. Um, yeah, so... fantastic. It's a great shame that they kind of narrowly missed out, but hopefully the next one come back stronger. For that, so aside from that, my own team Aberdeen. St Mirren just a team we, we struggle against just now I've never seen the game um, I've been watching most of the games this season on pay-per-views or whatever um, but I decided against it on Saturday I had some, some fainting Why? Why did you decide against it? On Saturday just I had other things to do and then went off I'm no, I'm no doing it no watching it so only caught the highlights and we never really again created much. I think we've been hampered by the fact that Watkins missing and he sets the tone in terms of up front. Cosgrove just does they give us the same movement and everything like that up front. And St Mirren might even feel that they could have won the game. Um, I don't know if you've seen the sending off for Ferguson at all. I didn't see it, no. Um, but there was kind of mixed reaction about whether he should have been sent off, but he could have been sent off for the first year, the one they get the yellow card for. Um so yeah, disappointing they are. Good result for Hibs at Motherwell. Yeah, three 0 that was good. With that, so yeah, they'll be pleased with that. And Livingston won under their caretaker manager Martin Day against Dundee United, who had been was it Thursday, I think, was the announcement for Thursday or Friday they said there would be the COVID outbreak and there was nine folk isolating and coaching staff, the manager and some players, so Yeah. What do you make of what are you making about the the COVID situation and the you know the recent deduction of points or the awarding of games and the fines as well getting dished out? I think they're delayed fines, aren't they? They're, they're yeah, suspended. Yeah, suspended fines. It's a very difficult situation. I know a lot of people have been comparing the situations with Kilmarnock and St Mirren to what happened with Celtic and Aberdeen early in the season. My opinion on that, though, yes. There was obviously the issues at Celtic and Aberdeen, but that was personal. It was players doing things away from football that caused issues. Um, whereas this was supposedly clubs maybe not following protocols. I know Kilmarnock have been appealing it. They've said that they did follow protocols. So there seems to be a bit of a, a mixed view in what's happened because the SPFL are saying there was protocols broken in terms of what they weren't sitting far enough apart at on the bus or at lunches and different things like that. But, um, was it also travelling to the training as well? I'm not sure that about that. St Mirren, they were, Mirren. I think they were that it was car training. I don't know, yeah. I've, I've seen more about Kilmarnock coming out and maybe wanting to appeal it. I've not seen so much St Mirren come out and say anything, which, if that is the case, maybe suggests that St Mirren have gone right hands up, yep, but we, we can't yeah. defend it. Um it's kind of a tricky one because you don't know how. Well, I mean, it's a shame for the, the clubs who have fallen that you know to the to the letter, I suppose, and then others are not. Cut, if they're cutting corners or just being a bit lackadaisical about it, I mean, surely that's not a difficult thing to see spread out in a bus, you know. Um, Aye. Rules. So you know, and I think they'll be kicking themselves now for if it is things, you know, like <laughs> where you sit in a bus and it's ending up getting you. You know, to lose a match and a fine. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know the situation. I think there was some talk as well at one point that they shouldn't just be using one bus 
Mm -hmm. You've got a squad of players and then you've got the coaching staff. I don't know. What would you have? Maybe about 30 people, maybe potentially travelling. Usually, your, what your buses are usually what maybe a, a coach is usually what maybe a 50-seater or something like that. So, I don't know. There was talking at at some point, but we'll see what happens. I'm pretty sure other teams will get done for breaking protocols. I don't think we'll hear the end of it still. Like that. I lost you there a wee bit. Yeah, but I, I think I, as I say, I think other other teams will maybe suffer as well from this. I suppose it's like it's like the whole situation from quicker we get out of it all back to normality because it is, um, you know, it's a difficult time for everyone, and you know, nobody wants to see points or games getting given to three 0 victories and fines dished out, especially yeah. because it's so such a difficult time for clubs even to try and survive at the moment. So. Um, Motherwell and Hamlet have both been struggling as well, hadn't they? And Motherwell are now up to fifth in the league because they yeah. got awarded two wins and Hamlet as well get boosted. As, so. Yeah, so it's tricky. And then even the point of getting fans back in and limited numbers, you know, to have to put more stewards on and everything else, you know, I don't think there's any great financial gain in doing that. Might even Clubs might even lose money with, uh, you know, the, the protocols they've got to do put in place. But it's just getting fans connecting with the clubs again and, you know, getting the atmosphere back in the ground again and just building it for hopefully when we can get back to the good old days of packed stadiums. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's what we're all looking forward to, um, for sure. But I think that probably rings up for tonight. Um, a bit of a quicker one tonight. As I say, focus was on Scotland and the draw. Um, we're pleased about it. And putting on the campaign as of March. We can do it. And I'm looking, you know, I'm really looking forward to a full Hamden or a 15,000 section at Wembley built now. Um, yes, yes, sir, I can do it. So we've seen, we've seen all the Scotland fans singing it and everybody's singing it individually in the rooms and their houses. And uh, we've got a few singers that have been, you know, given their versions, acoustic versions that have been really good. But um, yeah, full stadium singing it will be quite good. Yeah, I know why, apart from just the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> we're joining the chorus, that's it. I think I will, they might, I think, try and come up with a, maybe a, a version whereby the football is mentioned, so a special yeah. version for the... I've heard a few different you know kind I mean? of versions. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, exciting. yeah, but on a national level, yeah, exciting times. Long time since we've been feeling optimistic, so... I mean, we could go to the Europe, we could go in having three brilliant games in March and going to these games thinking we're going to win the European Championships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you were saying earlier we weren't to get uh, going down the 1978 World Cup route, so... That, yeah. that was good fun. 78 was really good until the first game starts. Until <laughs> 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 it was brilliant. It was like we don't even won the World Cup. That's how, that's how good it... We got the feeling of winning the World Cup without actually having <laughs> the ball, so that was quite good. Good when it lasted. Exactly. Uh, but I know, thanks again for coming on, Ian. Appreciate it. No, thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, look forward to it. And uh, yeah, onwards and upwards. Exactly. Right. Cheers, Ian. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>